Welcome to the 14th episode of Another Side of Fear, where we talk about strengthening our mind through Bible stories and characters in there, as well as strengthening our money power with different tips and things that I've learned on my journey through wealth. I am your host, Wisdom Walters. Today, today, today. Welcome to today. I hope that you have been able to find something that you're grateful for and find something that you are praying for every day. It has been an honor to be able to bless you with the words that have been given to me and the stories that have been given to me. And I hope that you are having some gems that you are taking so that you can live your best life. You can be able to seek your choices and just make the best decision for you. You can always find us at anothersideoffear.com. If you have any questions or comments, you want to share some perspective, email us at info at anothersideoffear.com. We have a really big project coming out here soon. So you definitely want to make sure that you are subscribed to our page so that you can get that update and alert really fast. I also want to share that we are on Instagram at Another Side of Fear, as well as Twitter at Another Side F1. So you can um, follow us on either one of those platforms and get just various scriptures, quotes, different businesses, and things that we feel are moving exponentially on Another Side of Fear. Great examples for us, right? Well, today we're going to talk about no substitutes. I'm excited about this one because this is something, a revelation of mine that I am still working on daily. I think even though it's a revelation and I know it as most anything, even with my wealth information, it changes. You may know, but you have to choose to make those changes every day. So... This is no different, and I'm just excited to share this story with you today. All right, next up is our Masterpiece Mind Moment. God versus them. God over them. When you hear that phrase, you're probably thinking that I'm referring to God over everything. Them. When I say them, you're thinking God over everything, every people, every person, everything, every situation, every idea that's already been mentioned, right? So typically when I say them, I've always spoke about me looking at autobiographies and showing how those stories, those people, the blessings that I've endured, the blessings that they've endured, the triumphs, the struggles, how that actually motivates me to finish strong right but sometimes after reading those stories envy may come up in me jealousy may come up in me and that's just me being real like why don't I have these opportunities right but then you have to flip it 
right? You have to, to fix those emotions and say, no, you know, and sometimes genuinely I am happy, but it just depends on the day, you know, it depends on my psychological fortitude, whether it's high or low that day. And that's just because some days are better than others. But when I look at it overall, there are some times where it can get a little confusing for me. Sometimes I'll listen to these stories and I deviate from finishing strong with God into finishing strong with wisdom's plan. So with that, ultimately with me being named wisdom, I have to remember where good judgment, where discernment lies. And that gives me the tools to bring me back to finishing strong with God. So today I want to talk to you about a story in 1 Samuel. And it's in 1 Samuel chapter 4, verses 1 through 21 is the entire story. So as always, read a little bit before, read a little bit after. But I'm just going to focus on verses 1 through 5 today. So just to build the beat a little bit, we're talking about the time of the Philistines versus the Israelites. So we know who the Israelites are. They're the people of God, right? The Philistines were actually descendants of Noah's son, Ham. So they were very territorial people. I mean, they've already had conquered about five territories and they were pressing in on the Israelite space because they wanted that. They wanted to conquer all of this particular land for themselves because they didn't want to be slaves like the Israelites had been. So the story goes as this. Um... In this particular area, there was a judge. His name was Eli. He had been a judge for the Israelites for 40 years. And he was a he was a good judge, right? But as all of us, he had an issue. And his issue was he failed to correct his sons who were very disrespectful towards God. So with him being with the kids being very disrespectful towards God and Eli not disciplining them as he should. He was ultimately, his family ultimately died. And this came about through a message that God gave to Samuel, who is the author of this particular book in the Bible. So Samuel was actually trained by Eli. Eli trained Samuel to be a judge. And Samuel, through Eli's training and of course God's presence in his life he was actually the best judge that the Israelites had throughout the entire time I mean he's noticed in the Bible as being the best judge so he's he's got some good stuff so he actually had that vision told Eli what was going to happen and then it came to pass so this is kind of the time when it's coming into pass of the Eli and his family dying. Okay. So the first verse I said was one. So I'm reading one through five. So at that time, Israel was at war with the Philistines. The Israelite army was camped near Ebenezer and the Philistines were at Apac. The Philistines attacked and defeated the army of Israel, killing 4,000 men. After the battle was over, the troops retreated to their camp and the elders of Israel asked, why did the Lord allow us to be defeated by the Philistines? Then they said, let's bring the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord from Shiloh. 
Hmm. If we carry it into battle with us, it will save us from our enemies. So they went to Shiloh to bring the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord of Heaven's army, who is enthroned between the angels. Hopni and Phinehas, who are the sons of Eli, were also there with the Ark of the Covenant of God. When all the Israelites saw the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord coming into the count, their shout of joy was so loud it made the ground shake. End of verse 5. Okay, so when you are listening to that, there's so many things that come up. So the first thing that came up to me was when they lost the battle with the Philistines because they were losing. The I mean, the Philistines were actually closing in on the Israelites. So the Israelites are like, why did the Lord allow us to be defeated by the Philistines? So there's some turmoil some confusion, some frustration is going on. And they're asking why, why are we having this problem? But they're asking the wrong person. They're asking the same people that's in turmoil instead of asking God directly. So that's issue number one I have. Why are, why are they doing that? Why are they focusing on the turmoil instead of going to the solution. So the Ark of the Covenant is actually the Ten Commandments. And so they would keep it in a high place. Only the high priest could go like um, in a temple, in the tabernacle. They would keep it in a, like a really sacred place. And usually only the high priest could go in there to retrieve it or talk to it or whatever when it needed to be moved. And these brothers, Eli's sons, really just disrespected that whole process and was like, we're going in. And so they went in and took it and they took it because they felt like, okay, well, Moses and Joshua had the ark with them when they were fighting and they won. So that's all we need. Mm, Wow. So first of all, I'm going to say I'm very guilty of this, right? I I am so guilty of this myself where I have used past memories of blessings and things. And I thought that maybe this will be what I need to carry me through. But what they're not understanding, I mean, and and they were shouting so hard for this victory, like, oh, it's here, it's here, it's here. When they should have really turned that praise to God, because that's really what allowed them to win the battles, the presence of God. The ark was just a symbol of God's presence, but God's presence really wasn't there. So I say this story is important because there are so many times in our lives where we don't realize that we have idols in our lives to represent God instead of calling in God's presence to move us forward. In that battle alone, 30,000 Israelites died that day. And they lost the battle and they lost the ark. The Philistines had actually captured the ark. Eventually we got it back because there were plagues and things because they weren't supposed to have it. Right. Um, But that's further along. If you read further along in the chapter, Uh, first Samuel there. Um, But I want you to just think of it in that way. What idols in your life are you using as a representation? Like, I I know that's God there, 
But are you really calling him in? Are you really allowing him to be present there? I'll give a quick example. I actually had a Bible um, that I bought. It was a woman's devotional Bible that I bought in college. And it was my second Bible. I had one from my aunt. She had bought like a children's Bible, best Bible with pictures and everything, condensed stories that I can comprehend. But when I got older in college, I needed something else. So I got a, a women's devotional Bible. And this devotional Bible, I could tell you to this day who I was with when I bought it, why I bought it, how I felt when I bought it, some stories in the Bible that were able to help me. And for many years after that, I would always have the Bible and look at it as a symbol of, I know God is with me. I mean, I kept it at work and didn't even open it, didn't even read it. It was just this fact that I knew it was there. So I was like, okay, God is with me. But did I open it? No. Did I read it? No, but I knew it was there. I knew that when I had this Bible with me, I was in a car accident and this Bible was there that God will protect me, right? Because this Bible is there. I'm carrying this Bible. But what is it to carry it if I don't use it? It wasn't until I started to open the Bible and read it that I was able to refresh my experience with God, to express how I felt genuinely to be my authentic self. And that's what I'm saying for you. When I was able to read the Bible, I was able to pull out things that tells me that I can come and pray to him and he'll listen to me. I have all these things, this compassion that he crowns me with every day, that every morning is new and his faithfulness will never end. That he'll give me a new heart and put a new spirit within me. Those are the things and the time that he wants with us to allow us to be better, be better people, to finish strong, whatever our marathon, whatever our race is, going back to episode 12, right? So I just want you to focus on that. Recognize those idols so that we can then move forward in them all. You got to seek God diligently. Throughout this entire podcast, we talk about different ways of how you can seek him diligently. Fasting, you know, picking a day out of the week where you're fasting and you're just talking to him and praying and focusing on him and removing those distractions so you can spend time with him. Praying multiple times a day is not nothing where you have to have this set formula, but just you just praying and spending time with them. You actually reading the word and using those scriptures for you to combat your day, letting it meditate in your mind, letting it register in your heart. And once that happens, you'll start to see them everywhere throughout the day in various places. Repenting is a big one. For you just being humble and saying, I messed up. I know I did. And it's okay. He knows that we're going to mess up because we're not perfect. And it may not even be a huge mess up. But I'm sure if you sit down and reflect, you could say, I could have done this better. Or I could have reacted this way better. Or maybe I want my first reaction to be this versus that. Maybe I don't want to be reactive. Maybe I just want to be more so present in the moment. So I want you to use this story 
to just recognize that God is over all them, whatever that them is for you. But just make sure that you're able to pinpoint out, take the time and reflect and pinpoint out what are those idols in your life so that you can always finish strong. Today on Dream Pass Survivor, we're going to talk about the annualcreditreport.com experience. So if you haven't done it already, you could go to annualcreditreport.com and get all three of your credit reports. And those credit reports will not have a score, but they will show you what's on them. If you want a score, you would have to go to the FICO.com or there are options on the annual credit report where you can pay for your score. We had talked about the FICO.com website last season, so you can go back to that episode to reference that. As far as for the annualcreditreport.com, I just want to go over the different segments and talk about hard and soft inquiries today. So when you initially get your report, um, that'll ask you, you don't have to get all three at one time. You as a American are awarded one credit report per borough every year. So it keeps track of it. And you can actually, let's just say you don't want all three at one time. If you just want to review one at a time, you can do that and it'll register hey, you've already looked this up, so you only get that one time. And then it, when you do it, though, you want to make sure you buy a printer so you can print it out or you want to save it to your computer or to the cloud or wherever you save your stuff so you can always retrieve because you'll only get that one time. So when you open it, TransUnion really doesn't have any security questions, but from what I experienced with Experium and Equifax, they do ask you some questions and the questions are really off the Richter. Um, sometimes they don't even apply to you, whatever, but just answer as best so that you can move forward. Um, also, if you want to score too, I forgot to mention this, you can go to credit karma.com. It's not an actual score score for you, but it gives you a roundabout if you're looking for the free route. Okay. So when you pull up the actual credit report, it's going to have a segment that says your name. So all the names that um, your bills or accounts have been in, all the addresses, all the numbers. It's going to tell you how long they had a credit profile on you. So all the telephone numbers that you've used. And then it'll also have account info. So in that account info, it'll tell you if it's current, 30, 60, 90, how many days late, so on. Um, you'll also have adverse accounts there, which is basically collections accounts. So it'll tell you that in there too, when it was placed in collections and when not. Um, and then there's also a section called promotional inquiry. So those are companies that have actually did um, some tap into the, your information and see, hey, you may qualify for this particular, those little mailers that you get. That's the promotional inquiries. And sometimes those are listed there. The account reviews inquiries, that is basically like soft inquiries that I've seen here. And that's mostly the ones that are only seen by you. 
So you'll only be able to see that list, but it's not used in your scoring. It doesn't impact it. But a lot of times it does impact your insurance rate, your employment, um, credit collectors can look at it and see different things. So that just is like a soft inquiry to say this person actually pulled your report to just look to get some general information about you um, and about your accounts and how you are financially is what that is. And that really doesn't require permission either. So um, that may come. And also if you look into it, so you'll actually see you there on the annual credit report.com. When you log in, you're going to see your name showing that you just did an inquiry. And that's how, you know, that's a soft inquiry section. The last section that you will also see is the hard inquiries. Now, the hard inquiries usually have an impact on your score. They're worth about 10% of your score. As we talked about the payment history being about 35% of the score, your credit utilization being about 30%, and then the credit age about 15%. Credit mix showing the different types of credit that you have is about 10%. And this particular factor is 10%, which is your hard inquiries. So just to go back with in regards to the hard inquiries, this is where someone checks your credit for the purpose of a loan or a credit card. So they're actually evaluating you to see whether they're approved or deny you. So you should have a letter saying you are approved or denied when you see these inquiries. So when you see them, I want you to think of it more as a paper trip because this gives you hard information to show okay this is who checked it this is the date it occurred and so you have that paper trail of seeing who is checking what and what who put an application in where and you have to do this for all three because a lot of these different companies they only may choose i'm just going to pull your equifax so what's on your equifax may not be on your transunion and vice versa or it could be on all three Um, So you definitely want to make sure that's why it's important for you to review and monitor all three. Okay. Um, If you do have something that's not legitimate, you definitely want to challenge it because that way they have to give you verification to show who did it, who signed it, when they did it. And then that way you could get that off if you need to. Otherwise, if it's legitimate, it does stay on the report. And they say that the impact for the scoring process is about the first year, but it remains on the inquiry. I mean, on the report for about two years, but I've had it where they've stayed on for at least six, six or five, six years. So um, you definitely want to make sure that those are falling off because that 10% does add up. Okay. So hopefully that was able to help you with understand the difference of the hard inquiry versus the soft inquiry and also just the various points that you want to pay attention to on their credit report if you do have any collections accounts call them and see can you get that number down or work out a payment plan and then once you do that then 
once you pay everything up or once whatever deal you negotiated comes into play, then you will go ahead and get that letter to get it removed. And they do remove it off of there or even say closed account. So that is showing the paper trail that it's closed and it's fulfilled, right? So you want to make sure that you have all of this knowledge so that you can have the best representation of you financially whenever you are able to seek out and you want to go and get whatever you want through credit. All right, this concludes our 14th episode of Another Side of Fear. Thank you so much for joining me with your ears today. I desire that in all things you prosper and be in good health. Wear your mask, everybody. As always, wisdom lives together with good judgment, knows where to discover knowledge and discernment, common sense and success belong to me, insight and strength are mine. Wisdom is he, wisdom is she, wisdom is you, wisdom is I. Until next time, I am Wisdom Walters.